You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Online Church. We're so excited to fellowship and worship with you this morning. We're very, very excited to have you. So, you know, be relaxed, be comfortable, and be ready to receive the Word of God. My name is Ruzani. And I'll be bringing you the Word of God this morning, and I'm so excited about what God is going to do in your life this morning. But before we go too far, as you know, um, you know, if you already know me, is that before we start, I would like us to pray for pastors, you know, particularly our own pastors. If you are part of the Every Nation Midrand family, if you're visiting with us for the first time, please feel free to pray for your own pastors. You know, it's so important that we cultivate and we have a habit of praying for pastors. You know, they shouldn't ever wonder whether somebody's praying for them because they are sheep, they are flock, should continually be lifting them up to Jesus, isn't it? Imagine if peace and grace and health and wealth, all of those is flowing into their lives, how much more will we benefit? So let's pray for them and let's just ask the Lord that the Lord would release peace, would release grace, would increase them in their lives. You know, Jesus promised us a rich and satisfying life. It's the enemy who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We don't want to let those to be the things that are in their lives. We want that rich and satisfying life which Jesus promises to be what's evident in their lives. So let's quickly pray for them before we actually start. Amen, saints. Yeah, Father, we just want to, yeah, we so excited this morning to be with you and we just want to lift up our pastors oh god we just want to ask you in the name of jesus oh father that in every area of, the, of their lives in their bodies in their emotions in their spiritual lives oh god may they testify that they are experiencing a rich and satisfying life we pray lord that there would continually be a hedge of protection around them oh father a hedge of protection over their families over every inch of their lives oh god protected and guarded and secure in you may that continually be their testimony in the name of jesus Jesus, oh God, we pray, oh Father, that every scheme, that every plan of the enemy over their lives would fail and not succeed, oh God. But we declare prosperity in you, oh Father, that they would prosper in the physical, in the material, as their souls are prospering, oh God. So we pray, Father, that they'll continually go from intimacy to intimacy, from glory to glory, from faith to faith when it comes to this journey with you. Lord, that what they have shared with us, what they preach to us, oh God, that they would experience that multiple uh, folds more in the name of Jesus, O oh God. So we thank you that they continually water us, O oh God. And we ask you, Father, that may you water them even more abundantly in the name of Jesus, O oh God. We just trust you for that. A rich and satisfying life in every area of their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we even pray that even as we go into the word this morning, O oh Father, that you will just be present, O oh God, in every household and everyone, O oh Father, that's listening oh god that you would touch them that you would impact them through this message oh father and transform and change them that no word of yours oh father is wasted but it comes in as a seed that changes and transforms lives oh god so we pray oh father for a shift in length for a shift in the way of thinking for a shift in how we do things in the mighty name of jesus you are so worthy and worthwhile we love you so much my father there is truly nobody else like you in the mighty name of jesus amen and amen Amen. Amen. You know, it's so important, saints, that, you know, as you are doing your prayers at home, 
you know, those daily prayers, whether it's before you sleep or early in the morning, just always spare just uh, two more minutes in your prayer, just to pray for the pastors in your life, you know. They must never doubt whether they are being prayed for or not, but there are also things that will be released in their lives as a consequence of your prayers. There are things that they will be protected from as a consequence of your prayers. Imagine if you didn't pray, right? Imagine what they're being exposed to as a consequence of some of us not praying for them. So it's so important, friends, Paul always asked the church to pray for him, right? Don't assume that, oh no, they are pastors, they are sorted. No, we must cover them in prayer. That's so important, friends. But anyway, let's get into the message this morning. I'm so excited about the word this morning. I think that the Lord is going to do something special in your life. So be ready to receive. And I pray that your heart indeed would be a good ground for this word. And it will produce fruit. That this word will come to your heart, find room and produce fruit manifold more than what's actually sown uh, you know, by this particular word. I think by now it's become sort of common when you turn on the TV, the radio, just the fact that, um, you know, the last 15 months uh, with lockdown, with the coronavirus, have not been the easiest of times across the entire world. You know, you've heard this so many times that you're even tired of hearing it, right? And it's really true. You know, it has been a very difficult time. Because if you reflect from 15 months back, um, you know, the virus started as something that's actually on TV, right? It was this thing that's far, that's being spoken about, there's this thing that started somewhere, and, and it was really it's very far from us, you know. And, and we didn't kind of have this uh, conceptual reality of it. It was just this far thing. And when we fast forward 15 months later, we're all impacted. You know, we know people, um, you know, that have been impacted severely. We ourselves have been impacted by this particular virus. Jobs have been lost. Um, you know, lives have been lost. Relationships have been lost. It's not been an easiest time. This virus has moved from the TV screens into our neighborhoods. You know, so a lot has changed uh, from 15 months ago. So even though, you know, we're tired of hearing how hard this time is, it has been a difficult time. You know, it has been one of those difficult times. But the thing that's important is that, yes, it's been a difficult time, okay? That's a fact that we can't rule out. But what's important is what are we anchoring our attitude in about the time, okay? We have to anchor our attitude about the season in the Lord, in His Word. That's the key. That's the trick that is always necessary. We don't want to quick to be shouting what the world is saying about this time. Right? We don't want to be quick to label this season according to what popular media has said. We want to label it according to what the Lord has actually been saying. There might be a word that the Lord has ordained for you this year, but you keep rebelling against it by actually labeling the season according to what the world says and not what the world says and not what the word says and not what the Lord has actually said. We can't take common sentiment, we can't take common sayings and make them our truth. It's not our responsibility and our calling and our mandate to internalize those things. We carry a different reality, a different truth. We carry a different mandate and we ought to manifest that into the world. We assimilate it, not it into us. Okay? We are not called to be of the world. We are not called to be part of the world. We are called to bring something different into the world. There is a salt that we are. There is a light that we are. And we ought to make that money 
manifest in our world. If we go with the common sentiment of what is going on, we're not going to be able to do that. Let's quickly read the scriptures, okay? You will see how important this is, you know. And sometimes when we speak like this, it does feel like, oh no, Ruzani, let's not be ignorant, you know. This thing is serious. No, it's not about being ignorant. It's about acknowledging a truer reality, okay. It's not ignorance. It's just that we're saying there's something more real than what we're actually seeing now. And we want to be aligned to the truer thing more than what is the common sentiment. If we look at Isaiah 8, I'm going to read it from verse 11. Listen to this. The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. <laughs> That's a basic, right? The Lord is warning, Isaiah says, don't think like everyone else does. And he's not just giving this as a command, he's giving it as a warning. A warning is very different from a command. A command is a thing that you must do, right? Because it's been commanded. But a warning is different. A warning is saying, if you do this thing, expect negative consequences, so the Lord has given him a strong warning not to think like everyone does, which means that if he thinks like everyone else does, if he thinks as the world does, there will be negative consequences that come out of that. Isn't that interesting? That's because we are not supposed to think like the world. We're not supposed to be assimilated into the ways of the world. Let's continue reading it. It says, he said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. Don't live in dread of what frightens them. Okay? Sometimes it's very fashionable, saints. It's fashionable to wear fear. It's fashionable. You will belong. People will like you because people are all saying in that crew how fearful the season is, how scared we are. We're so frightened. Oh no, this is happening. That is happening. But we've not been given a spirit of fear. That's not our cause. That's not our channel. Okay, it's not the way to go. We ought to think different. We ought to approach things with a very different mindset. So be careful, okay? Be careful. It's not our portion to speak as the world does. It's not our portion to call a conspiracy what the world calls a conspiracy. That's not our job. Why must we do that? The Lord has given us a different word, and that's the word that we must actually release into the world. Okay, he says, make the Lord, yeah, make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. You see that our fear is in the Lord, not in the things that are happening in the world. We fear the Lord. That's what we are anchoring uh, our fear in. He is the one who should make you tremble. He will keep you safe. <laughs> That's interesting. All other fear in the world does not reward you, it enslaves you, it traps you, it limits you. But the fear of the Lord releases safety. It even gives you wisdom. It's a fear with benefits. Imagine that, right? You've, you're just going in and say, I'm just going to fear the Lord. You know, that's going to be what I do. And then out of that, there's all these other things that actually flow uh, into your life. Whereas the fear of the virus, the fear of the world, the fear that the world is living in has no rewards. It takes away. But the fear of the Lord releases safety. You know, he will keep you safe, friends. He will keep you safe. Even in this difficult season with the third wave, 
he will keep you safe. Can you believe that? That he will keep you safe. Yes, I have encountered, uh, you know, uh, my, 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 my school has closed because there's a breakout at the school, but he will keep you safe. Yes, I was uh, infected, I got exposed, whatever the case is, he will keep you safe. Place your fear in him, not in the virus, not in the world, not in the challenges, not in the pandemic, okay? That's not your portion. That's not what you ought to be doing. Let's quickly go to verse 20 of that same chapter. It says, look to God's instructions and teaching. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. They will go from one place to another, weary and hungry. And because they are hungry, they will rage and curse their king and their God. They will look up to heaven, down to earth, but wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and dark despair. They will be thrown out into darkness. Isn't that a warning and a half? And it all started with just, don't think like they do. Think different. And I believe, saints, that that is still a word for us today. That is still a mandate for our lives to think different to see different, to be different. And we see this stellar warning that went out to Isaiah about this. And I think this warning is still applicable because if we go and we fear what the world fears, we're gonna be enslaved. But if we fear the Lord, we're gonna be safe. That's very different, friends. That's very, very different. We can't afford to actually follow what the world follows. We can't go with the crowd. We don't do that. It's not our portion. We can't just go with the flow. We must align to God and what God is actually saying. Remember, over the last few weeks, we have been speaking about faith. Isn't this what faith is about? Faith, faith is about this very thing. There is no faith without hearing, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have to hear and operate according to what you hear. You can't hear and then go and operate according to the world. You can't hear and be like them, basically. You can't hear and be like them. You have to hear and operate differently. There must be a difference about us because we are operating from what we have heard and this hearing has been unlocked in the word. It's not hearing from radio, from sentiment, from media and all these other things. It's because we have heard from the Lord of, from the Lord himself, from the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the God who created everything has spoken. He has released his word and that's what we've heard. And that's what we are aligning to. That's what we're actually following. That's so important, friends, that we stick to that as the way that we operate in this season as we want to be, you know, a people of faith. We don't go by sight. You know, there is a sight that we can go by and say, I am making these decisions because by sight, I have seen scary images of what's going on. That's by sight. What have you heard from heaven? What have you heard from the Lord? What have you heard, friend? Faith always begins with that. What have you heard? And then take what you heard and apply it into your life. And that's the walking, you know, in faith that's, that's necessary. And you must always remember, you and I are not like everyone else in the world. We are privy to kingdom realities that the world are not privy to. 
because we are privy to those realities, we can't just say things as they are, you know, as sometimes it says, right? They will say, well, Ruzari, with what you're saying, you know, you, you're being unrealistic. We've got to say it as, as, as it is, right? We've got to be real, man. Let's be real. All of that is not actually, you know, kind of the kingdom way to just be real and say it as, the, as it is. It sounds fancy, it sounds relevant and all of that. But for the kingdom person, even if you say it as it is, there's always a but and an end, isn't it? Yes, I am unwell. That's a true statement. But the Lord is a healer. Can you always add that part to your, to your statement? To your say it as it is, you know, to being real? Yes, this is real, but who is the Lord in that situation. Yes, I am unemployed, but the Lord is my provider. Yes, I am in the valley of the shadow of death, but the Lord is with me. You see, that but changes everything. It changes everything. It says, this might be the facts about the situation that I'm in, but there's a bigger reality that I'm clinging to. And that's the reality that I'm gonna rely on. And that's the reality that's gonna get me out of the season and that is what it is to walk in faith that's the language of faith friends that's the language of faith huh? so don't get stuck in just the materiality of things and the temporary way in which things look and how they are set and so forth those are temporary you know they're gonna be swallowed up it's the eternal the unseen things that are more true those are things that are gonna last forever so so bed your legs right stand strong on those things which are unseen and stand strong and confess it. So how do we actually get into this? How do we embrace this new way of thinking? Since I believe there are three things that we need to do. The first one is we gotta change our goal about us. Like what are we about? What's our story? What are we about, right? And then secondly, we gotta see our experiences, our circumstances through a kingdom lens, through a faith lens. And then third, we have to expect different from what will happen next. You know, there are some people that are in such difficult situations now that they can't even see tomorrow. We must always have a refuse to lose spirit about tomorrow because we know the one whom we follow. We know the one whom we worship. We know the one whom we obey. But let's talk about that first one. Have a kingdom goal about you. Okay? Have a kingdom goal about you. Think about it, friends. The world is full of drama, right? Earth is a dramatic place. It would have been so much easier to be born again and immediately go to heaven. You would skip all the drama, right? You would, you would now be enjoying the presence of the Father. You'd be worshipping. You'd be joining the angels and saying, holy, holy, holy. You'd be seeing things and smelling things, experiencing things that are impossible to describe, right? Those things that Paul have said, it's illegal, you know, for me to kind of tell you the full picture of what actually happened there. That's the reality that you'll be enjoying right now. But that's not our story. We get saved and we are left here in this world. Friends, why is that the case? Wouldn't it be much easier to just be saved and go to heaven and just enjoy the Father forever? It would, but it's not how it actually happens. And I believe that the reason it doesn't happen that way is because the Lord keeps us here on earth, but gives us glimpses of his world. He gives us glimpses of heaven. He gives us glimpses of how it is up there 
uh, you know, I guess, you know, it's up. Uh, anyway, let me not get into that. But it gives us those glimpses continually so that we might groan for them to be realities on earth. This is why Jesus is saying, look, when you are praying, part of your prayer, you're saying, may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. This is a prayer and it's a cry to say, Lord, the realities of heaven, yes, those ones, I know I'm going to experience them fully one day. I know that I'm going to be in a world where there's no sickness, where there's no pain, where there's no pandemic, where there's no loss, there's no theft, there's nothing, okay? I'm going to be in that world. Lord, I want to experience it now. I want to experience it now. I want to bring those realities now. I want to see those healings now. I want to see people freed now. That's what I want to see now. That's part of the reason that we are here. It's so that we can groan and we can wrestle for the realities of heaven to be made manifest in our world because the Lord wants to colonize this world. He wants this world to look like his world. That's what he wants to do. You know, the Lord asked us to pray that. And remember he said in John 4, he says that I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me, will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. He says, you will do, and he says anyone, right, who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I go to the Father. And Jesus used to say, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only do what I'm seeing, those glimpses, that picture of heaven. What I am doing in my ministry, what I'm doing as I heal people is that I am bringing down kingdom realities. When I go up there in those mountains and I'm praying through the watches, I am wrestling to say, Lord, I want to see the realities of heaven come into my world. I want to see the healings. I want to see people redeemed. I want to see people freed. I want to see people walking in purpose. I want to see people who are scattered, who are, who are she, like sheep without a shepherd. I want to see them have purpose. I want to see them be led well. I want to see them no longer abused. Why? Because I saw it up there. I saw it up there. And now I am groaning and I'm wrestling for it. And I believe, saints, that that is part of our responsibility here on earth, to wrestle for the realities of heaven to be real here on our earth. You know, we have a little piece of earth that we have influence over it, right? We have influence over that piece of earth. Saints, what if we started wrestling for that piece of earth that we have influence over to look like heaven? Imagine if we all did it. What would that world look like? Perhaps that's what we call revival, right? Revival is when we start to see mass number of people come to the Lord, families restored, sicknesses healed, isn't it? There's a change. It looks more like heaven. The things that we expect in the by and by, as they say, become real here today and now. And remember, Jesus commissioned us and says, go, go into all the world and make more people like me. Why? Make more colonizers, make more people that are going to groan, make more people that are going to cry, make more people that are going to trust and say, I want to see a piece of heaven here on earth. So because we want to see this different reality, our purpose can be the same as everyone else. We can't think about us in the same way because there is something different that we are after. There is a reality that we are chasing that nobody else is privy to. That's why the goal about us can be the same. You know, and when you sort of sum that up, what is it about then? It's about looking like him. We want to grow more and more and be more and more like him. 
Like we can't be, I can't be a Christian for five years, for 10 years, for 20 years, and I still look exactly the same as I was before I even met him. There isn't that much progress in looking like him. No, I must progress in looking more and more like him. I must also progress in bringing the realities of heaven into earth and making people like him. And those are the three reasons that I'm here. Be like him, bring his realities, make people like him. That's it. That's the summary of why we are here. And when we begin to adopt that and say, wow, that is indeed the reason that I'm here. That is indeed this particular reason. We can start then thinking about differently about how we measure our progress, how we measure our success. We no longer just think about things with a material lens. I am successful because I have a nice car. I am successful because I have a fancy title in my job. I am successful because I stay in a nice house. Those are just material things. What about those things? Are you more like him? Okay, are the realities of heaven visible in your world? Are you making more people like him? Those are the things that are important. Those are the reasons we've been left here. What a waste it would be, right? To just be left here so that I can drive a better car. That's not purpose. Don't get me wrong. I like nice cars, right? I like to, I want to live in a nice house. I want all of those things, but those things are not the goal and the purpose of life. They're just some, these things will be added. That's all they are. But the goal and the purpose of life is these three simple things that I've mentioned. Okay. I remember I used to say when I was in business with my business partners and people that worked for us at that stage to say, look, Yes, the goal this year is to make a lot of money, okay? We want to make a lot of money. We want to get that big client that can anchor it. We want to get all of that business success. But if at the end of the year we look more like him but we are broke, we have succeeded. Why? Because it is more valuable for me to progress and look like him even if I'm broke than to have a lot of money and not be like him. What a waste. Imagine you use your entire year sweating and wrestling to get money, but you look nothing like him. That's a waste, friends. We have to progress in looking like him. The biggest reward is that we look like him, is that we are more conformed, is that we are bringing those realities of heaven to earth, is that we are actually making people like him. That is the biggest thing that we could actually be doing with our time here on earth. So with as much as we're going to go and get all these things, and I am for it, let's go and get it. Like I said, the goal that I was saying with my team is we're going to make as much money as we can this year. We're going for it. But even if we don't, and we are more like him, we've succeeded. We have succeeded because it is more important. That's the bigger goal of life. And if we achieve that, then we've won. You know, we've actually won. And the truth is, friends, is that when we do that and we start to anchor our life in those kind of attitudes, we, we're even more successful, right? We are able to walk in more of those things because those are the things that are added. When we make the focus the added things, we miss the core thing. But when we make the focus the right thing, the added things are added. That's really a mystery of how the kingdom actually works, okay? Let's be like him. Let's mark our progress according to what the kingdom is about. It says, for the kingdom is not a matter of eating and drinking. 
the material things, the temporal joy, right? But it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Just imagine that. Just measure your life by that. No matter what happens, right? Are you actually experiencing and enjoying righteousness, peace, and joy? In the Holy Spirit, uh, that in the Holy Spirit is important, right? We do it in relationship with Him. We don't manifest these things as a consequence of hard work, right? You, you can't work your way into righteousness. It's imputed and we get to enjoy it. You, you can't, uh, you know, work hard into peace and into joy. Some of these things are just a consequence of intimacy with Him. He remains the prize. So as we work closely with the Holy Spirit, these things are released into our lives, you know. These are the fruits and these are the benefits of walking with him. But if you, in your life, are enjoying those things, and yet some things are not going as you expect, I think you're winning, friend. I think that you are absolutely winning. You are winning. So what am I saying? Let's change the goal. Let's change the ambition. Let's change the pursuit to be after kingdom realities. And let's make it non-negotiable to say, I'm going to choose to be more like Jesus. I'm going to choose to bring the realities of Jesus's world of heaven into my earth today. I'm going to choose to make more people like Jesus. I'm going to make that the core fundamental in every sphere I find myself in. Make that a non-negotiable. Everything else is the things that are added, isn't it? There's a piece of heaven, there's a piece of earth that you have influence over it. Colonize it. Colonize it. Make that piece more and more like his world. The second thing, have a kingdom mindset about what's happening in your life right now. Friends, none of us wanted to be in the pandemic. Nobody prayed for it. Nobody trusted for it. It happened. It's here. It's a massive challenge, a massive problem. And some of us, as I said, we've lost jobs, we've lost family members, relationships, and so forth. But choose to have a kingdom mindset about what's actually happening right now in your life, no matter the impact of the pandemic. Listen to Philippians chapter 1 from verse 12. He says, And now I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything has happened, that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. He says, for everyone, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm here in chains because of Christ. Yes, there are other prisoners that are here, but everyone knows I am different. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? We're all prisoners, but there's something distinct about me. Why? Because of number one. My pursuit and my goal is different. That's why. We're not prisoners in the same way. So the economy might be difficult, might be hard to find jobs. All of those things might be things that I am experiencing as well, but my reality is different, and others can even see it. Okay. Let's continue reading. And then he says, And because of my imprisonment, most believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. I find this last verse to be quite weird, right? Uh, Paul is in prison for preaching the gospel. Being imprisoned is not a good thing. The believers hear about it and they become more encouraged and more bold to speak the word without fear. And yet prison is a fearful thing. Why? They fear the Lord and his reality because of number one and that purpose and goal of his life changes the reality of what he's experiencing. So they are able to look at Paul in his difficult situation and say, hey, I want to preach like him. Isn't that interesting? Yes, people will do it out of different motives as he addresses later, and those motives will be different, etc., etc., but fundamentally, he's rejoicing that people are doing it. 
That's amazing, right? I find that to be absolutely amazing that you can be experiencing a difficulty as somebody in the world, but your difficulty can unlock something in others. It can unlock them to progress toward even, you know, that, that goal and that purpose of number one. It can inspire people to be more like him. It can inspire people to go after and say, I want to see heaven become real on my earth. It can inspire people to bring, okay, more and more people who are not like him, who don't belong to him into the kingdom. Isn't that amazing that your experience can do that? If you are having a bad experience, but that is happening, isn't that better? Isn't that a bigger goal and a bigger outcome than if just your circumstance was different? So friends, what am I saying? Think different about your experience. What you are going through might be a difficult season, right? But think about the season differently. He says in the, you know, that verse 12, I want to read it in just uh, two different versions. In, in, the, in the American study, it says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that my circumstances have turned out for greater progress of the gospel. Underline that greater progress. In the Amplified, it says, I want you to know, believers, that what has happened to me, this imprisonment, that was meant to stop me. <laughs> the imprisonment was meant to stop me, has actually served to advance the spread of the good news regarding salvation. So the thing it was supposed to stop actually happened anyway, right? The first point, what is your life about? Are those things that your life is about happening anyway? If they are, then you are actually winning. Paul says it is a fact, I am chained. I am arrested. I am under lockdown. I can't do what I want. I am restricted. I can't live as I want. That's all true. But he says, but there's a truer thing that's actually happening. In fact, he's telling them to say, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this so that you can be privy of this truer thing that's actually going on that's making me joyful. So friends, here's a trick. With the difficult situation that you're actually going through, why don't you step back and ask this question, say, Lord, what is really happening? Show me what is really happening. What is the kingdom reality that is actually taking place here? Okay, what is that? Paul didn't pray to be imprisoned. This wasn't one of his desires. He would have wanted to be free so that he can reach as many people as possible. That's what he would have wanted. But now he finds himself in the situation where he's actually imprisoned. But he's able to step back and say, hey, I'm stuck, I'm confined, I'm in a situation I don't want, it's difficult, I don't like it, but look at the kingdom realities that are manifesting nonetheless. So step back, friends. What kingdom realities are you seeing? Yes, life is difficult. Yes, things are happening. What kingdom realities are you seeing? Don't be quick to call a conspiracy what they call a conspiracy. Don't be quick to label things according to the world. Let's be those who are quick to say, Jesus, what are you up to? Open my eyes to see what you are doing. James says, you have not because you ask not. Too often we are too stuck on what we lack without even asking. And that's the thing that makes us toss and we wake up with headaches, right? We toss through the night left, right, you know, as we are trying to solve these things ourselves, um, you know, as opposed to just focusing on the one who lacks nothing. And that changes everything. There is one who never sleeps nor slumbers. And he's thinking about you. He's orchestrating to make your life more and more like him. Isn't that an encouraging and a place where you can actually just rest? 
So we must take this different angle and always step back and say, okay, all of this is happening. Jesus, what are you up to? I want to just give you a quick story. I was in Limpopo a few years ago uh, for, a work, uh, for a work thing. And as we were actually driving into Limpopo town from, you know, Tsanin, somebody came and actually hit me from the back. You know, this was an accident. I'm out of town. It's inconvenient. I'm with my co-workers there. You know, it would have been an ordinary situation to go crazy and whatever the case is. But I got out of the car, assessed, uh, you know, what had happened, said, look, guys, let's call the police. Let's follow the process. Went back to the car. And as I was sitting in the car, I just kept thinking, Jesus, what are you up to? Jesus, what are you up to? Okay. The police came, we followed the process and we drove to the police station. By the time we got to the police station, I kept uttering this, Jesus, what are you up to? Like what's actually going on? And when we actually, you know, then sort of were about to leave, the Lord actually gave me a word of knowledge for this couple. This was a couple that was actually in the occult. They were serving Satan very physically, not, you know, like, uh, but really they were serving Satan. That was the situation that they were in. You know, we're able to minister to this couple. We're able to deliver, you know, to, to pray for them to be delivered from the hand of the enemy. We prayed for them. We prayed healing, you know. We, we really prayed for them. And I remember outside the police station, people even started to kind of gather around us. It was forming a little bit of a crowd, you know, causing a dramatic scene. But imagine if I had reacted as the world does, thought as they do, in that situation, I've just been hit by a car. I come out angry. I'm in a different town. Why would you do this? And I throw a scene, right? And sometimes, friends, it's really taming that carnality. It's taming the flesh. Sometimes what limits us is that we don't pause and say, Jesus, what are you up to? But also sometimes it's because we want to say, they will know me, right? They will know me. I feel like they will know me is one of those evil, evil things that human beings say. And it shouldn't come out of the mouth of a child of God. Don't say it anymore. What you should say is, Jesus, what are you up to? What are you actually up to? Even if it's in a positive time, by the way, remember when the disciples went out two by two, they preached the gospel, they saw demons cast out, and they came out excited. Like Jesus, the demons even obeyed us. And Jesus said, wow, guys. I saw Satan, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He said, there's another reality that I saw. And then he explained to them, say, actually, place your joy in this bigger reality that your names are written in the book of life. Isn't that amazing? He was able to elevate them and take them to the next level in how to think. A few important verses, I'm just going to read them quickly. In 1 Peter 6, he says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith uh, remains strong through many trials, it will bring much more praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. In James, uh, the famous one that we know, right? James 1, it says, When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You know, if we start to just believe these two uh, our scriptures from James and from Peter, we might even start to have worship services that are just dedicated to us celebrating the struggles we are in because of our expectation of what comes next. And that's my important last point, friends. What are you expecting to happen next?
When you are in the current struggle, in the current challenge, always step back and say, Jesus, what are you up to? Have a kingdom lens about it. Say, Jesus, show me the kingdom realities that are taking place. Show me what you are doing with the season. Even if you see nothing, rest your feet, rest your faith on the fact that you are being set up for a more, uh, 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 for a better faith, right? You have a faith that's going to be refined, a faith that's going to pray, bring praise and glory. You are being set up for a great opportunity for joy as James actually says, that will change everything about how you think about the now, okay? Think about that always. Um, and that's why in that last one, you got to always be expectant, right? Be expectant that the Lord will deliver you. Be expectant that he will give you a future and a hope. You know, be expectant of that. It's so important, friends. Let me just read a last scripture as we actually close. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, he says, For I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. He says, I know this. This is not a thing that I, I am even hoping for. I know. Why? Because you are praying. That's why it's so important, friends, to always be praying for each other. Always be praying for your pastors. Always be praying for each other, right? He says, because of your prayers and the help of the Spirit, I will be delivered. Expect deliverance. Expect a good outcome. Expect that you are being set up for great joy. So in the middle of that trial, start expecting joy. Why don't you start celebrating that trial? Why? Because you are expectant of joy. And he says the reason why he can do this joy and have this joy is because of the prayers and the supply of the Spirit. And also, he knows, right? He knows that the Lord will deliver him. Know that for sure, that the Lord will deliver you. So friends, as I close, maybe let me ask you these questions. Yes, you are sick, but is the Lord, is, the Lord is your healer, the Lord who heals, is that part of your I knows, right? Paul said, I know. He said, I know. What is in your bag of I knows? Yes, you are struggling right now, but is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me part of your I knows? That's my question. What is in your arsenal of I knows? Maybe you are not where you want to be in your career, in your relationships, but is I, am, I know that God who began a good work within you will continue that work until it's finally finished on the day of Christ. Is that part of your arsenal of I, know, of I knows? Friends, you're going to go through storms. That's part of life. We're going to go through troubles. This pandemic is one of them, and it's not the last one. More will come. There might be worse. There might be lighter. Whatever the case is, the Lord has seen it all. He is sitting there, rested on the throne, knowing that he already knows. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's seen the beginning, uh, the end. He's seen this whole story, and he's still saying over you, there is a good outcome. Be set up. Be expectant of a great joy. All those scriptures remain true, irrespective of how big you think the challenges that we are facing are, you know. So have that arsenal of our nose that are ready. I know, I know that for my sake, he will hold nothing. He will hold no good thing from me. I know that he, will, he has not withheld his son. So why would he withhold anything else? I know that I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. I know that I am dead to sin and alive to God. I know that it's no longer I who lives, but Christ Jesus living through me. I know that all things have passed away and I am beholding the new things that the Holy Spirit has breathed into my life. I know that he clothes the lilies out there. I know he makes those this is beautiful. How much more will he do that for me? I know that he feeds and takes care of the birds. How much more will he do that for me? 
friends, have an arsenal of I knows. It's so important. Have this arsenal of I knows. He might be taking you through this challenging season to add into your arsenal of I knows so that you come out saying that I know. Friends, rest in that reality. You know, and there's a big I know that I want to leave you with, friends. You know, the big I know is that I know he is my father. He is my father. He is my dad. And if you know that to be a reality and you know what a good and a perfect father will do, he's not going to leave you out there. Uh, he's not going to leave you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to rescue you. He's going to keep you safe, as we've already read. You know, and it's so important. And how we access, access and accept that reality is that we surrender to his will. We surrender to him. So friends, if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, this is the first I know that you need to add into your arsenal of I knows. I know he is my father. I know that I am saved. I know that I'm redeemed. I know that I'm no longer the same person. There's a new person that's living in me. He has demonstrated his love for you, friend, by sending his son on that cross of Calvary. His death is, a, is his death, the death of his son, is a perpetual guarantee that he will look after you. It's a perpetual guarantee that is going to come through for you. you know, and it's so important that he's died and he's, he's died and he's dealt with your sin. Your sins are dealt with, but he's also commissioned you to be like him to demonstrate his realities and to make more people like him. That's your commission, salvation message. That's it, right? We are becoming more like him, bringing realities, his realities on earth, and we are making more people like him. So if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to pray with you quickly. All you have to do is just acknowledge his death on that cross of Calvary and his resurrection, that that was for you. Personalize it, friend. It was for you. He had you personally in mind. He didn't have a crowd. He had you in mind, each and every one of us individually. He's done it on the cross and he's unlocking a new reality for you. So just pray there at your house, you know, if you want to give your life to Jesus, say, Lord, I acknowledge it. You died for me so that I might have this. I know he's my father. I know he's my father. I know that he loves me. I love him because he loved me first. And surrender, surrender to his lordship. And the Lord indeed will rescue you from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son that he actually loves. So friend, if you have given your life to Jesus and you've prayed that he would come into your heart, why don't you contact us and we're going to help you to walk that journey. We don't just leave you alone alone in that particular journey. But let's just quickly pray as we actually close. Father, we're just so grateful that we're not going to be a people that can, we'll just think as the world does, that just goes with the flow as the world does because there are kingdom realities that we actually carry. So we pray in the mighty name of Jesus and say, Father, help us think different. Lord, that word that you have spoken, those things that we have heard, Lord, Highlight that Rama word for us. Give us that word that we will hold on to, that we will continually profess and proclaim. Father, help us, O oh God, that we will make it our absolute ambition to be more and more like you, to bring those realities of heaven into our world, to bring more and more people into your kingdom. Help us to make that our ambition. And we thank you, Father, that we know you as our dad, as our God. We love you so much, my Father. Thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you very much, saints, for joining us this morning. We're so excited to have had you. 
We're so excited to have had you this morning. Please do remember, um, you know, that we still give on our bank details, so you would have seen them across the screen. Uh, so do continue giving. We're so grateful for your giving. It enables us to continue to reach more and more people, you know, for the kingdom. May the Lord really just bless you and increase you as you continue to give. You know, as you sow, uh, he multiplies into your life as well. Nothing is wasted with him. So thank you so much for your giving. We really, really appreciate it. So, yeah, thank you, uh, you know, saints, for, for joining us this morning. And we're really just going to close it here. Um, and we just proclaim that, um, yeah, may the Lord just continue to work mightily in your life according to his power that's actually at work in your life. You know, that's really all I could say. There's a power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. May he continue to work mightily with it. Thank you so much, saints, for joining us. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.